0: First. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Tyler. We got Jim. We got an action-packed night for you guys today. Before we get into all the Pirates news, how are
1: you all doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm just going to put it out ahead of time. I had a bad day. I had some problems with authority today. So if I come off as angry... And I question authority in the Pirates organization.
0: (laughs) Just deal with it. Well, we appreciate you setting the tone, giving us a disclaimer of why today you're angry opposed to every other day that you're angry. But, you know. You're welcome.
2: So you're saying you didn't have a good day?
1: No. Not good.
2: But, like, define good. (laughs) Define not good.
1: (laughs) When I am like yawning at five o'clock because I've spent so much time being angry. I'm like a fussing baby at that point. Like I fuss so much that I'm tired. I need a nap. Tyler, Jim's trolling. (laughs) Well, that's how angry I was. Just chill. (laughs) I'm just saying that's how I was there. It was five o'clock. I I was yawning. I felt like a fussing baby. I was so angry at everything that I just need to go take a nap. It was my nap time.
2: See, so normally I do take a nap like right around 530. <laughs> no nap today. So I'm going with no nap right now.
0: Do
1: you have What any, adult uh,
0: takes a nap?
1: Me. Yeah, I'm, I have not taken a nap.
2: Eight hours a day and doesn't go to bed until 3 a.m. most nights. Well,
1: that's just stupid. I haven't taken a nap in like 10 years. Right. You're missing out. I, um, my body is not capable of napping.
0: Some some days I struggle. I
2: just
1: sleep is it. a
0: waste of time, so napping is even an extra. Waste oh of time. I, no, I love sleep. No, I'm with DeNardo.
2: I hate sleeping, which is why I go to bed so late. Right. I love it, but sometimes I need a nap in the middle of the day. But then you defeat it by taking a nap. Yeah.
1: Just drink some. Yeah, water. but I, well, no, I drink too much alcohol, so that makes me tired. Well, yeah, that does. And matter. then if I don't get enough sleep, that's the only time I'll nap. Is that If I drank too much the night before and I wake up early, I'll get a good nap in. Or if I day drank, those are the best naps.
0: I I can somewhat understand that. That's induced by some other means, not just you saying, hey, I want to take a nap. Yeah, that's not possible for me. Right. (laughs) Speaking of naps. Buckle my (laughs) post. Yeah, thirteen to fifty-two. Thirteen singles, singles, ten Ks, ten Ks. Oh wow, oh, wow. That's, that's bad. Not too
2: bad. That's bad. God,
0: you know what also is really bad? <clears throat> Jack Sawinski's latest stretch of baseball. Do we want to get into that first? I guess before I we go there, do we want to kind of just get into this first? Because uh, yeah. this is like the hot, the hottest, the latest off the presses type of type of yeah. news. I mean, Jack sawinski has been pretty, 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 pretty bad. And as Tyler and I talked on one of the post game shows, this is why you throw a little bit of caution, right? When you want to talk about Jack he is really, really good. He's the mainstay of the Pirates' right field, and he should be extended and all the all this glory. And right now, he's league average as a corner outfielder. Um, he's been struggling, and it was announced today by Jason Mackey that he will be optioned. A lot of hugs. He's going to be optioned, and as it turns out. It's not so much because of the performance, guys. I mean, you could make an argument performance-wise. Maybe he should go down, right? Work on some things. But according to Jason Mackey's source, it was deemed that he was going to get sent down after the Brewers series, which, mind you, the struggles were going on, but it wasn't as this deep and intense with it. Uh, so he was going to be sent down anyways because after the Brewers, but because of the Reynolds uh, injury, that was put on hold for a bit. So I ask you guys, because it seems to me, this pretty much justifies that it was nothing to do with performance at that time. What are your takes about Jack Wednesday going down to triple AI presume? I'll start.
1: Please.
2: Um, Yeah. I mean, he's been in a rough stretch. There's no, there's no denying that what is over. He's like over 27 or something like that. Um, he, he went 0-for-1 today, I think. Um, so, yeah, in a rough stretch. But if you look at the total body of work, first off, I mean, let's, let's look at, like, every, every category across the board. Wins above replacement. He's the third best player on the team behind Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds is on the IL right now. Therefore, Jack Selinski has been your second best player for this entire season. Uh, let's take just hitting versus uh, right-handed pitching, right-handed pitching. Uh, Daniel Vogelbach leads the team. Brian Reynolds is number two and Jack Sawinski is number three. So I get that he's had some recent struggles, but he's shown really throughout the course of the entire season that he's capable of playing at the major league level. And when you look at just what the pirates have, available to them, he's better than all these people who they are keeping on the roster, right? Um, Therefore, he he deserves to be on the major league team. And now this is like, there's going to be even more things that happen because of this, right? Like Ethan already brought up on Twitter, like if he gets sent down, he loses his full year of service time. Like he was going to get a full year of service time this year. It's now gone because of this. Um, And that's why –
0: so I have a comment. I just want to interject here. So we have a comment saying that has nothing to do with service time, and I I do want to bring that up, like you said. Mm -hmm. To your point and what Ethan said, just to clarify, (laughs) he's been down for 19 days. You have to be down for 20 or more. Well, if you're down for 20 or less, I should say, then you get a full year service time.
2: Right, and here's the thing. I don't think this decision has anything to do with service time. I I, I don't think – I mean, by one day –
0: if I don't think you have me. him down there by one day for that next year. He's a
2: guy that you're manipulating service time for. That's all. Um, but it's just one – it's just another thing, right, that like Swinski clearly shows he deserves to be on this team over a lot of the guys on the team. He's been the third best hitter on in the lineup against right-handed pitchers who you're going to see like two out of three games. So you just sent down your third best weapon <laughs> – hit against righties. Um, and and now, just like I said, the service time thing is just something on top of it. I agree with Anthony there. like It's just a coincidence really that it just kind of turns out this way. Um, but it is another thing where, yeah, it's not a part of this decision, but it's a real thing that affects Jack Sawinski, right? And so you, you, you brought up this guy. He's done everything that you've asked him to do. He's been the third best player on this team up to this point. And now... You are sending him down, and you are. I mean, you are punishing him by losing that year of service on him. that's a big deal, and he's not going to get it now. Um, it's, I'm not happy with, with the decision. I get he's been struggling, I get it, but so has everyone else. <laughs> like, there, there's a lot of bad players on this team, and Suwinski does not deserve to be the guy to be sent down right now.
0: Ty.
1: <clears throat> Jim hit on a lot of uh, points I have wanted to make. But at the end of the day, this team is just taking your head, rolling it back, open your mouth, and taking a shit right down your throat. That's what they're doing to you right now. You cannot tell me on any freaking planet that Jack Sawinski doesn't deserve to be on this major league roster. They hit Yoshi Tsutsugo clean up almost every freaking night at this point. They hit Josh Van Meter lead off yesterday. And you're going to send a league average hitter down? For who? Greg Allen? A guy that's never been a productive major leaguer in his life. Ben Sherrington has been an absolute joke since he's gotten here. And I'm tired of everybody walking on eggshells about it. He has done nothing productive to add to this team. Nothing's probably strong, but right now I'm angry because I've been angry all day, but back to the Jack Swinski point that I like to take us off the rails. I'm sorry, guys. Jack Swinski, as Jim said, has been one of your most productive major league players, not to mention this is a team that has no outfielders. We've watched Diego Castillo fall over himself, trying to catch a fly ball. Anybody watch the play? made today, that was a diving catch where he fell over himself three times. He's not a right fielder. It's not his fault. They're just playing him right field because they refuse to have anybody out there. They only have like 10 of them in the minors. But we got to watch Diego Castillo try to learn it. We got to watch O'Neal Cruz try to learn left field in the minors when they've got a handful of guys that they should be giving shots, but no. We got to deal with Jake Marisnik. We got to deal with Ben Gamble's playing well. We got to deal with Dio Castillo out there and whatever other crap they're going to throw out there. I'm tired of it.
0: So to, to add on to a lot of your points, um, what was our first impression of Jack Swinski when he came up? You know what? We didn't expect much from Jack Swinski to begin with. I mean, we were debating on he was going to be on the 40-man or not, right? He was. Uh, when he first came up, we said, you know, what's nice is he looks comfortable with the plate. The results aren't there. But he actually looks like a major leaguer. You know, he, he feels comfortable with the plate. He has really good at-bats. Goes really deep in the count, you know, a lot of times. Like, he looked good, but the results weren't there. And, like, I specifically remember one night, it was you and I, Tyler. It was probably a Thursday night as well. Jim wasn't on. And we said it. And it, as everything always happens, you know, the, the, the time we, like, draw a line in the sand, the opposite comes. But you and I said, like, listen, I like Jack Sawinski He looks good, but the results out are there aren't there. And at some point results have to come. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him sent back down at some point. And that's when he took off. That's when he really, really took off. And you're seeing like the Jack Sawinski of 2022, you know, a few weeks ago um, to break him down month by month, right? Way to run creative plus. So when he first got caught up ended the month of April, negative 21, rate of run creative plus. Like we mentioned, like he looked good, but production wise, he was terrible. When you go into May, he had a 95 way to run credit plus. When you go to June, 152. What I'm staying here is he has improved month over month. He looked comfortable. He looked okay, but the results were there. The results came. And again, if we're talking about June, I'm sorry, July 4th, he had what? 122. Is that about like his 22% above league average? We're just talking days ago. Right. Just less than two weeks ago, basically a little more than a week ago, Jack Swinski was like 22% above league average. Yes, this has been a struggle for him these past, you know, week and a half, I guess you could say. Yes, he's been really, really bad, but I'm not really taking these few, I keep saying few, but a week and a half of games and saying, okay, that's it. He's got to go back. He's got to go down. Like this is part of the development. Like we talk about with Cruz and, and other minor leaguers or, Prospects, You know, they come up. Like, you're going to have these points. This is what the 2022 Pirates are all about. Getting these kids up here, find their struggles, finding their way, becoming major leaguers. So to me, sending him down now outside of, as the message here, as we're talking about him, the reason he should be sent down and whatnot is because what have you done for me lately? What has Yoshi done for us ever? What has Jack Van Meter done for us ever? Josh. Like, what has Diego Castillo been... I get the height from from spring uh, tr- spring break, spring training, but like <laughs> he hasn't really carried over. Like There's plenty of options out there right now if you want to talk about the what have you done for me lately. So once again, why Jack Sawinski? Why from a position that you have zero depth in, that you're already throwing out middle infielders, like you said with Diego Steele, that can't play, and now you're taking away another really good defensive option in the outfield. So you're left with Gamble. Castillo now, like those are your starting corners.
1: Oh, well, Greg Allen when he comes up because he's done so well in his career. The guy that has oh, like a twenty-nine year straight. old, six hundred sixty-six
0: plate plus. appearances for your career.
1: Yeah, and you—I mean—you hit the nail on the head there with. I don't care about Jack Sewinsky's over thirty stretch you've got a handful of guys that have been terrible baseball players for five years. And what have they done for anybody lately? Nothing. Cause they're bad baseball players. They don't, if they got DFA tomorrow, they're not getting picked up. If Yoshi gets DFA tomorrow, he's in a minor league camp or he's going back to Japan. He's not playing anywhere in the MLB. If Josh Meter gets DFA, he might get, picked up but he'll be gone in 10 days if somebody's hurt that's the only way he gets picked up they've got a handful of guys that could go any day but you're going to send the one productive outfielder right now that you have because in Ben Gamble's defense he hasn't been healthy but Jack swinski is the one productive outfielder right now that's healthy that's played this year and you're gonna send them down. And you're just gonna trot out whatever shit show you got,
0: Jim. I mean, just uh, I'm waiting yeah, on I, you mean, I, already, I, I mean, I already said. Okay. I
2: said, like I mean, it's one of those things where <clears throat> there's just there are other people who I would rather not see on this team. And Jack Sawinski is, is pretty far down on that list. And like I said, it just goes back to, you know, we've been talking about it this whole time. You know, it's a player-centric culture. It's a player-centric culture. should be rewarded for playing well. You should be held accountable for not playing well. I get that he hasn't played well for 10 days or so, right? Um, but like Tyler said, you've got other guys on this team who haven't played well for years, <laughs> Like literal years, uh, so you know why? Why is Jack Swinsky the guy to go? That's all. I, I, I'm just not happy with that decision.
0: To uh, to someone's point too, having to check myself because Diego, Diego Castillo has been playing better. He has lately. Like this you past week over... or
2: so, he's looked really good. Yeah.
0: So so this past week or so, right? Yeah. Also, mind you, who does Diego Castillo hit? Lefties. Where the Pirates faced a lot of so far recently, too. Lefties. Okay. so And I'm not trying to take anything away from him, ultimately. But if you want to talk about lately in short sample size, it's been a lot of lefties. It's, it's been his forte, right? And he has been performing that since. But, again, how about the three months beforehand? Like, when you look at April, 71 rate runs created plus. May, 68, June. 46 he was doing the actual complete opposite of Sawinski. when Sawinski was improving month over month Diego Castillo was getting worse month over month until this recent stretch in July where he's faced a lot of lefties and he has been hitting again Jim like you, you we kept talking about it in June it ended up being what nine hits in the month of June with yeah, six home there was, runs
2: there was a crazy amount of, like he had a lot of home runs <laughs> that was like literally all he did he went like nine for June and right. with seven home runs
0: yeah so again but but he's still here you know oh. he's been struggling pretty much all the year outside like the first two weeks when he got four struggling. starts yeah. pretty much all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Else and, and i guess to the answer too like now. why do we get upset about roster decisions in 2022 when there's a season that doesn't matter results and and stats i shouldn't say stats results and winning percentage right like that doesn't ultimately matter but the clubhouse matters and the message you're sending matters and the message that you keep stating and the message that you keep delivering are the complete opposites of each other. And again, I'm sorry. I I don't know if this is, I'm not going to sit here and state this is fueled by service time as Rowan Z and Cruz have been, even though there's also outside factors of Rowan Z that makes sense. Right. But it is just one day to lose a whole year. And here it is. So, so again, I'm Jack swinski and I understand I'm struggling. But even going 0 for 30, I'm 10 times the player as Yoshi, and 30 times the player as, as Josh Van Meter. They're getting paid, and I'm not.
1: Donato, it's almost worse if it's not about service time, because then you're just an embarrassing, dumb franchise, and you're sending down your like. They're demoting their. Record. They're demoting
2: their third best player.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, that makes it worse if it's right. not about service time. You're just dumb. Now we're going to keep Josh Van Meter me around. That, yes.
0: It just irks me these guys are on the team and like, and not even just on the team but they're seeing so many starts
1: when they're there. Josh Van Meter hit lead off the other day.
2: He's going to do it again too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, Solinsky <laughs> is going to be option tomorrow. That's pretty much that. And I just have this feeling. I mean, it might not be per se, but I do have the feeling that it will be Greg Allen, which, again, we're talking about a, a 29-year-old outfielder <laughs> who hasn't stuck with anybody. So, once again... Someone shoot me. To, to go also back to to Mackey's tweet, like what he was insinuating with that, too. Like I mean, he mentioned it's, it's to give the veterans as much playing time We're talking the trade deadline coming up, the value. Who? I mean, uh, who? I know, I know, like, I'm all on board with right? I think I'm higher maybe on you guys of his trade value and what he can present and such. He's getting traded. He, A team will want him. Outside of Marisnik, Gamble. Who else? No one's trading for Van Meter. No one's trading for Yoshi maybe Kevin Newman, but I doubt it. Quintana. But we're not talking pitchers. That's not why you got to send down Sawinski. Just saying. We got to make room for a pitcher to get showcased. So, so who, I mean, are you showcasing Greg Allen for the next two weeks for a guy who had 29 years on this planet to showcase himself and couldn't do it? So, so who's getting showcased? Who who do you need to make room for? You already have no outfielders. Marisnik and Gamble are going to get play time with the there because that's the only three outfielders you have in this club. Now you're back to two.
1: Well, if they don't go with Greg Allen, I really do hope that they go with Swaggerty. I don't really need to see Cal Mitchell again. I'd rather wait on that one. I'd rather see Swaggerty one more time. Give him a real opportunity. I really don't want to see Greg Allen. Like that's, that's the very bottom of the barrel that I want to see.
2: So Greg Allen has played five rehab games.
1: And there, the trainer did say they're looking at the all-star break, but
2: also Greg Allen didn't play tonight for Indianapolis. Whereas Swaggerty played, uh, Cal Mitchell did not. Bly played, Bay played. So if we're kind of going down the list, Bly can't be up. You're probably not playing the person who you're calling up tonight. You know, you're probably getting them on a plane to Denver. So if we're just going by, you know, elimination here, it's probably Greg Allen or Cal
1: Mitchell. Both of those options make me want to throw up. <laughs>
0: I mean, I would rather have Cal Mitchell here just because they're. I'm not saying he has a future in that sense, but like, you're you're not looking at Greg Allen as he'll be here on the club for 2023, 2024. Cal Mitchell has that potential, so let's get him some play time. Like, if you're gonna swap Sewinsky, I would rather have Cal Mitchell here, get him some major league experience.
1: He had it. It wasn't good.
0: No, it wasn't. And I, I mean, I know he had it, but get sent back down, get you back up here now again. I don't have a lot of faith in Cal Mitchell, but that's what that's what this year is about. Getting these guys experience, getting the development. At the end of the year, you can evaluate, and he'll probably see him again next year and evaluate some more, but
1: not seeing him isn't going to help at all. Imagine being Jack Sawinski and getting sent down for Cal Mitchell who couldn't hit a beach ball when he was up there. Well, you're a league average hitter, huh? Player player development, it's real good.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I keep hearing some people say like <laughs> they want to see G1 Bay too, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see it happening quite yet. I could see Bay coming up after the deadline, hmm. but I'm not, I'm not really seeing that quite yet.
0: Yeah, I agree with, like, that. Uh, we, and you said that before, too. Like, I I just think he's not going to come up until after the trade deadline. He needs to be added to the 40-man. For some reason, they're rostering the Jack Van meters of the world and such. They're going to continue to until who knows when. I just assume come August 1st, trades are made, 40-man roster spots are opened. He'll be added at that point, and then you could see him come up. But I don't think they're going to make a transaction to add him to the 40-man and call him up at this point in time until – but – uh. Says I think
1: it is, yeah, I think that's a good point, but I think G1 Bay is kind of a conversation for that could take a whole episode. <laughs> well, if we're talking about
2: G1 Bay and his merits. They're he, there. He deserves to be talked about just the same way. We're talking about all these other guys, if not
1: more. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you just look at his baseball stuff, he should be up right now.
0: Yeah. He's performing, for sure. Again, I just feel that the 40-man is the trick in the Pirates' eyes. Although it's not really that much of a trick to overcome. You just get rid of the baggage. <laughs> Maybe the guy that's batting 121 since his I.L. recall reinstatement. I don't know. Just my advice. But, but, yeah. but. Um, we did have another comment here, which I mean, I think we could definitely talk about because he's certainly been a point of conversation, especially with the three of us. But uh, with Michael Chavis, so yeah, I mean, he has been cooling off some of Rake lately. Uh, I know again, he's much like Diego. I mean, he rakes against lefties. That's just what he is. We've, I think, feel comfortable defining him. He's a platoon guy, but he hasn't been as strong against lefties lately. So, any any thoughts? Any change in the perspective of him or is it just you know he's going off a bit I think Jim's
1: the one that has the perspective because he is what I thought he was
0: well means he, he is
2: hitting the ball well against against lefties um when was it it was last night he had a he had a nice hit I think it was last night um that that drove in a run but I feel like he's done he's good against lefties he's not good against righties that is who he is uh I like when it comes to the first base position, he's playing it fairly well. He's doing a good job with Cruz over there at shortstop. Um, really the problem, I don't think the problem is Michael Chavis. The problem is you're now having to play him against righties a lot, um, which isn't ideal. The problem is not having a competent partner in the platoon for first base. Like if, if Chavis is, is, is hitting against righties, and there's a competent option against lefties. The two, the two are, like they're 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 working. That works. I mean, Chavis is, has a 124 weighted runs created plus against lefties. If you have another guy in that platoon who's doing that against righties, that's all you need. The problem though is he can't hit righties. So like, when you need to have a complement to him, Chavis isn't an everyday player. I don't think anybody. Right. Has- we haven't been saying that at all this whole time. Huh. He, we? Yeah. Me and
1: Leonardo have. So
2: much like Gabby Sanchez was kind We've of a platoon that. guy. Chavis isn't an everyday player. He's a platoon guy. who can I hit save texts. He's a platoon guy who can, who can hit lefties. So really, you just need to find a, a competent complement to the first base platoon.
1: And I think Buckle Mike, Mike brings up a really good point there that Jim and I have talked about. The Pirates have three first basemen on this roster, and they have one that can actually play first base. It's Michael Chavis, and he plays. I think you were underselling it. He plays a very good first base. I'm done, on that
0: one. He has I'm done very phenomenal impressed.
1: over there. The problem is that he, as everyone knows, he can't hit righties. But with O'Neill Cruz a shortstop right now, you kind of need a Michael Chavis over there that can save him from the errors that he could make as he's developing. So right now I'm fine with Chavis being over there. The big problem is that they don't have enough guys that can play a capable first base and they have two guys that are DHs and one's a DH that can't hit either.
0: So let me, let me bring up a point to you guys, okay? Because Michael Chavis is not in the same stratosphere or conversation as, like, let's see what Sawinski has and let's see what O'Neill Cruz has, let these kids play and such. But he is relatively in, like, big picture perspective. I mean, he's somewhat young. Like, there could be a certain future with him outside of like, a lot like Greg Allen and Yoshi and such, right? So even though all of us kind of enter this year not thinking highly of Chavis, especially after that spring, but seeing what he's been doing, I want to see as much of him as well. Like, you know, I've been saying, like, you want to play him as long as you can play him until he shows you he's going to fail, you know? So, like, play him every day. You're playing against righties. You're like, I'm okay with that because now you're finding out what he is, which again is why you're going and playing all these other kids, why you should and such, right? But so I think we're at the point now, as we mentioned, right? And I think as we're all saying here, like, he just doesn't hit righties, he's really, really good against lefties. He has really impressed me against first base. And let's talk about that, too. Like, he wasn't really penciled in to play first base this year. He's kind of had to do it. The first base was Yoshi. And him coming – he's outstanding at first. You know, we already know he can play second. He can play a little bit around. I'm not going to say, like, Sean Rod to the degree of defense. But, like you mentioned, Tyler, like, the defense at first reminds you of Sean Rod. It's been the best since him, you know. So, there's certainly value. I look at Chavis as – just what was kind of stating here and not as a bad thing. He will be on this roster as a bench guy, as a platoon guy, but really good at that. Like, this is a guy that you want. And I, I'm, I've liked everything I see out of Chavis. So we know what he is and he's good at what he is. It's just on the 2022 buyers, he's going to have to play a little more than he should. And that's, what's going to make him look like he's not performed because he's playing more against ready's right now because he kind of has to, because the other option is, is also terrible against righties, you know, but at least he has the glove. So like it makes his overall numbers look worse than when you're putting him up for success, which is a platoon guy, first lefties. It would be really nice if
2: Vogelbach could play like a competent first base because then, you know, he's your, he's your option there. Like when we were talking about Swinski's been the third best bat against righties this year, Bogey's number one, Bogey's number one on the team. Like 152 weighted runs created plus against righties. He's mashing them. So like if he could just play a competent first base, then you're settled there. Then you got to find the designated hitter, right? But then you could use that DH in a way that we were kind of talking about before, where you can use the DH as a way to give Reynolds an off day, Cruz an off day, right? So you can use that DH as kind of like a floating off day for your everyday guys, um, instead of just you know, sitting them all together. Now they can't do that because literally the only thing Vogelbach's doing is DHing. Like I said, they've done a little bit of first base with them here lately. I, I, I'm I'm at, th- at this point I don't want to see Yoshi ever again. So like I I am fine with Vogelbach just becoming that guy if we need to, if we need to do that because yeah I don't want to see Yoshi on the field. One more time ever
0: again. <laughs> and again, if you're looking like emergency type, like Gamble can play first. He has done it. It's the easiest position on the diamond. Thanks, Brad Pitt. But
1: also when you have a bad one, it shows. We've went through many years of bad first base play. We have. And now that O'Neill Cruz is on the roster, you need good, good first base play. Definitely helps. He has been we, safe from seen, multiple years. Yeah. And if you put someone that doesn't play first base there, he might kill them.
2: <laughs> the 97 <laughs> mile an hour dart right at his face. Right. That's a good point.
1: It, I think it all just comes kind of back to this roster is just really poorly constructed. They don't have righties. They have a bunch of lefties. Even through the minors, it's just all lefties. They don't have righties anywhere.
2: Well, we talked about this going into the year, just how poorly this roster was constructed. In particular, you know, pitching. Like, they had, they had no pitchers on in the minor leagues that were on the 40-man other than Contreras. Like, And so that's when, like, they needed a pitcher that first week, and then they had to call up Contreras – And then that just made them look bad because then we all saw, Contreras is the best pitcher on this team, and then they just sent him down anyways to manipulate his service time. So, yeah, I mean this roster's been a mess. There's like 17 middle infielders on the 40 man roster, and and three outfielders. You know, it's it was not a good job of constructing a roster this offseason, and really a lot of it goes to like. Last year we acquired all these prospects, right? We acquired all these depth guys,
1: and so then all five the and we just
2: had—I mean, we had to add like nine non-major league ready prospects to the forty man this off season, and
1: that's just—that just takes up space. And that's without the rule five draft. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well. <never.
2: laughs> I think if they would have known there was not going to be a roll five draft, we could have gone about this a different way. Right. But yeah, luckily there wasn't, or we would have lost a few other guys. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to.
0: Yeah. And like, and again, you know, uh, for the same reasons, I don't blame Diego Castillo for not being a really good outfielder. He, He's not an outfield, right? He's forced to play it. And it's the same reason, like, I'm not going to blame Vogelbach for not being it. I don't blame Yoshi for not being it. Like, that's two DHs who one was appointed to be a first baseman. You know, like, Yoshi's a very, very bad defensive first baseman. But really, it's not his fault. He is. Everyone knows that. <laughs> but he was forced to play it. So, you know, like, these roster construction things we're talking about, like, that's that's what kind of just boggles us to a point. Um, but you are right, Jim. Like, I wouldn't mind at this point in time seeing Vogelbach – get some plate appearances at first take away some right-handed pitching from Chavis. Uh, and, and also again, like maybe slide gamble in there for like a game here and there. Now, of course the problem with that is you're already down to just two outfielders. So, so taking him away from the outfield kind of you know limits you also. That's why maybe having some outfielders still up on this club made some sense. Again, roster construction. Like I just don't understand how there's just two outfielders <laughs> assuming there'll be three tomorrow when somebody comes up. But, uh,
1: yeah, that's just what's kind of bothering it's us. But I'll, this is the team that played Yoshi in the outfield last year. I get it. it he actually, play first base, and he played in the outfield.
0: Last year is to me though a little bit different because last year you had even less options because last year was truly like this is a real rebuilding club that has no talent. It was all just veterans. You don't have to play nothing but old aging veterans that don't belong on a major league club anymore. You have actual talent that you've acquired that you might want to evaluate get them experience give them development for so I'll, I'll even say last year i don't blame them too 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 much but this year is different in that sense it's so pathetic let's do this it's now 37 minutes in we've talked enough about sawinski in this Russia. So let's move on to some other topics so i'll tell you what we'll save the rotation for later let's go on a let's put this up and go a little bit of a high note here. Let's talk about the rotation that has been pleasantly, pleasantly good and all out myself. Cause I know Anthony's waiting to with Oscar Marine, right. And all the pitching changes, what they've done right now, these starting pitching has gotten better and such. So let's talk about the starting pitching. It's been like what, six, seven weeks now since we've seen some of these guys and the change of repertoire and whatnot, this success. So
1: what do you guys think? I think it has less than, less to do with Oscar Marine and more to do with we ran out of options. Let's try something else. And then it caught on like wildfire. Well, Truthfully, who, I, who I really that? think what who happened was that? Mitch Keller decided he was going to throw the two-seamer and then it kind of just caught on. I don't think Oscar Marine knows what the hell he's doing. I give him zero credit. For anything. Let me say something and then
0: you can go, Jim. Because uh, I'll be the middle person here. So you can finish off your end. I'm more on Tyler's side, right? And I've made my case very verbal, as Anthony likes to make sure he, he informs me of. And I'm okay with it. Because I don't know. My gut tells me what Tyler's saying as well. Okay? And like reading between the lines. Keller threw the two seamer in a bullpen session. He kind of liked it. They told him go see Clay Holmes to learn about it. He does that. Comes to start. Well, he first goes to the bullpen, throws it. Comes to starter, throws it. Like he finds success with it. I don't know. My gut is telling me it was more of the players, but I'm not. If it was him. Then good on him, but I want to know. Like, I am so desperate to know and find out. It's killing me not knowing. Because that's where I do have the problem with it. If it was the players, like good, great. You as a pitching coach said, This person knows it, go find them. This person, to me, that's not a coach. As I keep saying, that's a triage service. I want a pitching coach to be my pitching coach. And that's just what bothers me. If you have the same people to all these people to go get better then give me those people. That's who I want. <laughs> so that's as raw Matt. I'll just say this though, regardless, things are working. Things are going well. And I am appreciative of it, but I'm still unsure
1: about Oscar Moran. I mean, Jimbo. hold on. My guy, Charles Hayes jr call us Oscar Marine trash like every day I'm on his side and he's never wrong unless he says something
2: about oh. us. that's wrong.
1: It's <laughs> my turn. Go for it, bud. All right.
2: Um, I mean, I think it was well documented just how bad this pitching staff was kind of the first month of the year. Right. I mean, no starting pitcher, no starting pitcher picked up a win for something like 30 days. Um, they, they couldn't go more than three innings, essentially. But, like, let me – Jose Quintana has really been the only guy who's been pretty solid and consistent the entire season, right? He's been good. But, like, you look at the other guys. Mitch Keller, since rejoining the rotation, eight starts. He's got a 3.86 ERA. His, I mean, that's the best stretch of pitching that he's
1: had in his career. Um, he has a 4, 5, 415 ERA since adding the sinker. By the way,
2: there you go. JT Brubaker, his last 10 starts 3.10 ERA. Best stretch of pitching he's ever had in his career. I mean, he he looks like a bona fide major league starting pitcher at this point. Zach Thompson, last 10 starts 2.74 ERA. Um, so <laughs> And that's not even counting, uh, not counting today. And he he did great today. Um, I'm not going to just say all of that just happened by accident, right? Whatever happened, you got to give Oscar Marina a little bit of credit for saying, hey, he turned around the seasons of these three guys. These three guys, the start of their seasons were awful. And something happened in May for all three of them completely turned around their season. He's the pitching coach. I'm giving him credit for it. I'm not giving him all the credit for it, but he deserves something for turning these three guys who going into the season, all were question marks and all three of them have been performing good to great since
1: Early to mid-May. He gets no credit. For all I know, Mitch Keller decided he was going to throw a two-seamer. And then he decided to go talk to Clay Holmes. And he was like, hey, you guys should try this. The only credit Oscar Marie might get out of that is that he allowed it to happen. Okay, but you got to give him credit for that. No, then you're if, just a moron. If Ray Sears, you couldn't figure out, Sears
2: allow things to happen that, like he, he, you know, under his watch. No, like he he made people throw. Time out.
0: Cause, except cause that counts. is where I, I I differ, and I challenge you. What about when everyone started throwing the slider? Well, hmm. that like was that's, Roger Bershens. That's kind of where I'm at. Like. When everyone started learning this, all the players just started kind of learning this slider and teaching them and just doing it. That didn't come from Searich.
1: That was player involved. Yeah, that was Twitter involved. That was Roger Bashans.
2: Anthony,
0: but I'm just, really I'm just saying that's, that's what's concerning. So I'll give you credit. At least it's happening. And I also wonder, not that this not that this is good or bad, but it's like, hey, I've been here for two years. Nothing's worked. Now I'm in two years, one month, nothing's working. Like this might be my last ditch effort of keeping retaining a job. Much like how Neil Huntington said, this might be my last time effort of keeping a job. Let me go Chris like get Chris Archer. His backfired Marines may be working, but I don't know if this is truly like here's the deal. Genius for Moscow Marines.
2: If if the pirates all of a sudden like came out this year and were good and they were winning games, and they were let's say they were they were in line for a wild card spot right now. Does Derek Shell get credit? Well, yeah. he's a
0: manager. Like they don't. Yeah, he's okay. So he gets they
2: don't credit. account from anywhere. yeah Or Oscar <laughs> Marine gets credit for turning the seasons around. Is the entire
1: team going to go outsource how they decide to hit in Maybe. The field in their clubhouse okay, chemistry? If you just get the speed hitters; they you won't have to
2: roll off. Like that, these three guys have all gotten better. Like they all got better. And he was the guy coaching them. He's the guy in
1: charge of the pitchers. They all got better this year under him. I'm going to give him credit for that. Thank you. All I did know is that Jim is giving me credit for coaching division one pitchers in my life. I'm giving you some credit. I taught them nothing, but thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Either way
0: let's do this because we turn a good thing into a negative thing here about Oscar Marine, but like back to the pitching. Okay. I can't be any more impressed. Like I, I liked a lot of stuff out of JT Brubaker last year. Certainly felt more of the bad stuff was him getting worn down. I mean, he hadn't pitched in years. Right. But first month of this year comes out, you see JT Brubaker and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I was just wrong. I thought I liked him much. Like I thought I liked Chad Cole and JT Brubaker just ain't it. But I'm bad. I'm fully back and more. Like what I'm seeing out of this J.T. Brewbaker, I'm fully sold on. Like J.T. Brewbaker looks like a legit pitcher. And this isn't just in my eyes, just complete small sample, overreaction. Like he looks like he belongs in a major league roster. I'm going to ask something else, but I'll let you guys maybe talk about him too. Like, I mean, whoa, whoa.
1: no, I, I truly do think, I think me and Jim talked about it his last start. Mm-hmm. I'm okay watching him. He, I'm not at the point where I want him in the bullpen anymore. Very Right fair. now I, I, mm-hmm. I'm okay with him being, he's a major league caliber pitcher and he's shown that this year. And I think we, at one point last year we were on board. We thought he was a major league caliber pitcher then maybe the overusage came in and we thought bullpen he's keeping the ball in the ballpark and he's pitching well mm. he's pitching really well actually <laughs> i'm okay with him being a guy in the rotation for the next one to two years possibly we'll see how next year goes I'm encouraged.
0: I'm very I th- I think I'm past encouraged on him. I think I've gone every start I've been encouraged. Let me see more. Let me see more. And I, I think I'm at the point where I was like, you know what? I've seen it. He he is a major league pitcher. Now, yeah, where no. he lines up, I, I'm not sure, but like he he's a starter. Who's his pitching coach? Currently today, Austin Marine. Clay Holmes actually.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it, it, he's been great. Like his last outing, that was that was maybe the best I've seen him throw ever. 7 scoreless innings, 9 strikeouts, like he dominated that game. And he's just been putting together like solid starts for 2 months now. Just racking them up. Um yeah I, I think he's absolutely a major league starting pitcher i wouldn't like i'm not i'm not saying he's like a number three starting pitcher but like he's a number four or number five starting pitcher in the major leagues
0: yeah and that's what he's going to do. like i don't know where he lines up
2: yeah. that's
0: where we can still determine but in my eyes, i'm done with the i'm encouraged let's see more he's proven enough to me at this point of time he is a major league starting caliber pitcher. Uh, and to Tyler like about cutting the home runs, that was of course his big Achilles heel. And he's cut up by almost half. I mean,
1: that's huge. It's yeah. new baseball, so
0: you do have a point there too, I guess. <laughs> just just by doing the same stuff he's doing last year, he would have cut it down by thirty three percent. So <laughs> But I mean, throwing the sinker, that, that could
2: totally yeah. have a big part of that. Right. You know, adding some movement to that fastball. He, he's gonna he's getting weaker contact.
1: I mean it is getting
2: hit hard it's getting pounded into the dirt
1: to be fair his ground ball rates the same as last year basically it is but I mean it does it makes the four-seater play well as we saw with Mitch Keller and it does give you a bit of an out pitch so there's yeah, the baseball is different, but it's something People, in his repertoire that he does need. So, future rotation and this kind of goes
0: to it. So, you know, we talk highly, of course, and much in regards of JT Brubaker. Let's talk maybe a little bit more of Zach Thompson. We can kind of answer that as well. Zach Thompson's a guy. When we again to admit, like we, we kind of hate on that trade. Zach Thompson, just a very very late bloomer. Not much. Stallings, of course, Gold Glover. Zach Thompson pretty much proved what he was to us at the beginning of the year, and now throwing this cutter, <laughs> Zach Thompson's looking pretty, pretty, pretty good. Doesn't have like the strikeouts like you know the other ones we're talking of, but what do you think about Zach Thompson? I'm not intrigued.
2: Zach Thompson kind of reminds me of like.
1: Trevor Williams.
2: When Trevor Williams <laughs> was, was good, right? So
1: I'm talking about like good Trevor Williams. Yeah. Because Where, like, Bryce you, Wilson's last few starts have reminded me yeah. of Trevor Williams.
2: So like when you, you watch that's Zach Thompson and you see him pitch, and I mean right now he's basically showcasing his cutter. Like that's his that's his main pitch in his arsenal right now. And he's throwing it like 84 miles, 84 to 85 miles. He's throwing these 85-mile arc cutters. And right now they're not getting hit all that hard. Um, so he's been able to kind of capitalize on that. And I, again, like his last 10 starts 2.74 earned run average. So the results are all there. You look at the peripherals and it's why his fit is double his ERA, right? Because he's not striking people out. He's his walks aren't, they aren't, they aren't terrible, but they aren't good either. Um, But he's getting results right now. So, like, at the end of the day, the results are what matters, right? If we're looking forward, I'm still not ready to, like, write his name in pen into a rotation spot, right? Like, I'll ride this and I'll keep watching it and we'll keep throwing him out there as long as he's effective. Cool. But if you kind of look at him, I don't know if what he's doing is, you know, repeatable year after year after year if that makes sense
1: no i'm definitely with jim i think right now he's he's a guy that i just want to eat innings for this team i don't really care to see him beyond this year he's just a guy he's doing a fine job of eating innings but they're not pretty
2: He hasn't gone, so, he hasn't gotten through the fifth inning in any of his last three starts, for what it's worth. Did he go like six well, and today? Two other first? than today. today, yeah. today, today
0: yeah. Now, now, mind you, I just want to, I mean, to his credit though, Jim, not that I'm backing up in like a Josh comp- fog, but he did come off the IL. So I'm not going to like really hound him for, here. you know, only going five and those things. But what I'll say here, I never put that together. I never thought about it, but you know, you mentioned Trevor Williams and you just got my gears going and looking. And I'm like, this is such a good comp. And it's not that like Trevor Williams was terrible all the time. I mean, he was serviceable until like, basically he just kind of wasn't, but yeah. I think it's a good way of putting it. Now, obviously Trevor Williams had that outstanding second half that has made. It, I mean, he was just godlike. Not, not that Zach Thompson have that would probably will have that, but like overall big picture that's probably how you look at him. Like he's probably JT Brubaker. We're kind of finding out like where he would line up. Like, you know, not going to be an ace of course, but like where, you know, he's got two, three, four, five type of thing. Like Zach Thompson, I feel like he's probably a, a major league starting pitcher, but like, if so, a number five, maybe a swingman type of thing. Like, I don't look at him and say he's penciling for the rotation. You know, like you look at the ERAs had in this stretch, the ERA is good, but like you look at other factors and stuff, it's not the best. I mean, like, look, look right now, his ERA today is a 409. His FIPs a 544. He doesn't strike out a ton. Like you said, the walks are okay. I mean, for guys not strike out that many and such, and like you want to see the walks a little bit lower, but he keeps the ball in the ballpark and such. Like, he's not terrible by any means, but I don't think he has the upside anywhere near of like what you seeing from JT Brubaker. And it's not like JT Brubaker is an ace. So I still have my reservations. I'm still encouraged by Zach Thompson. Let me continue to see him more. Let me see how he's you know, finished out this entire season. But I don't look at Zach Thompson like, okay, listen, you got JT Brewbaker, got Ronzi, you got Mitch Keller. Like, like this rotation's filled out for years to come because of Zach Thompson. Ultimately, he might be a swing man. Number five. He's a I def- would def- certainly def- want def- guy. yeah better in this Pirates rotation when they're winning.
1: I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, yeah. he's a good guy for a rebuilding club. He can hopefully eat some innings and keep you in some ball games, but he's not a guy that I plan any sort of future around.
0: Yeah. No i'm I'm with you, both of you on that one. So but again, it's nice to see what he is doing because I wouldn't expected him to do this at all this year. Yeah, uh, so now I guess you know we've talked about Mitch already. Um, so to go back to that, like, I am encouraged out of this future of the rotation. This is a huge question mark. There is Rowanzy who looks good when he's pitching. Um, health risk will always be a, a little bit of a concern just because this build as we talk about. Mitch Keller's turning things around, like he's back into this future. JT Brubaker's looking like he's in the future. Like there's three, there's one through three. That's filled up, I think, right now. You can pencil in for next year, and that's two more than I ever spe- expected. <laughs> yeah. And so if we're yeah oh, if we're, like, four. we're kind of filling my this in, four. Right? yeah I mean if we're
2: filling it in, you then look to at least add one outside arm, right? To a one or two year deal, at least one, maybe two, right? Because because like I said, if you can push some of those guys who are fourth and fifth starters more to a hybrid role, then that's an upgrade to your bullpen. That's an upgrade to your rotation, right? So I still think, yeah, I mean, signing two starting pitchers, probably, you know, the way to go. And then you know you hope that that like somebody like Mike Burrows can emerge as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, someone like Quinn Priester can maybe emerge as an option. I don't think you can, but you can't necessarily count on either of those two right now. I mean, Burrows looks good. Don't get me wrong; like he looks good. Um, you want to see him maybe have some sustained success at AAA because he had. I mean, it's only been a few games. But he hasn't really shown it yet, um, but. Burroughs, Priester are your two guys that you're you're kind of hoping pan out. And then Anthony brought up, you know, Cody Bolton. So you, you've you've got guys like Cody Bolton. You've got Max Kranicks, right? And you know, he I know he's hurt, but you know, hopefully back at some point next year. Uh Blake Cedarland, another guy, hopefully back at some point, sometime. Probably not though. At this at this point, he could just that's disappointing. Up. Um but you, step back you, hope that, you hope that a few of these guys pan out. But yeah, the, the main move here is you've got you to add outside depth to your pitching rotation from outside the organization. Um, but there, there shouldn't be any reason why they can't add at least one, uh, hopefully two, arms that way.
1: Yeah, this goes back to what I've been preaching for a couple months. It's why Jose Quintana really needs to be an extension candidate instead of a trade candidate, because you almost have to have him next year. Like Jim said, he was talking about Priester and Burroughs. The Pirates really need one of those two to pan out. One of those two have to be a major league starter. Like, they need to pan out in a big way. Yeah. Like, it, this team
2: needs top of the rotation arms. They don't just need they, – they have competent – Arms, right? But we don't. If you want to be a good team, you need top of the rotation arms. And right now, you, you you're thinking, okay, hopefully Rowanzy can be one of those. But like, you need another, at least one more.
1: Maybe also, one more. Yeah, and I also think if you look at Rowanzy, I don't know that everybody looks at him and thinks top of the rotation arm. Yeah. When he's there, he's going to be a top of He has everything to do it, but but maybe the durability. I think he, I don't know. what For him, I think more of like a Matt Latos type where you're not going to really get the innings, but they're going to be really effective when he's there.
0: I mean, but Matt Latos is a big boy.
1: I'm just saying the way <laughs> it worked out where Latos was really good when he was there, yeah. but he did not pitch much. So that's kind of where Ooh. I'm Hell, even a Jameson Tyler. He has a just...
2: crazy wife, too. Was that him? Yeah. 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 The one the that fought him much. That's what we need. We need more of that.
0: We need more player wives getting in fights. In he state. hates her, by the way. I, I don't know if I ever told you guys this. I think I might have told Tyler. This was, like, years ago. And I don't even know how or why, but I'm, like, friends with Matt Latos on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> like, friends, not like you follow this. for like. Yeah, yeah, He's a friend of mine on Facebook. <laughs> so uh yeah uh, he has an interesting life but yeah he does not get along
1: with his wife hey i'm friends with uh john jason's ex-wife that's well, yeah. she just had a baby oh, congrats to her unfortunately not with me <laughs> anywho what were we talking about? maybe maybe the matt Latos <laughs> comp was off maybe it should be better to like a jameson on. okay where you're not gonna get like 200 innings every year. Mm-hmm. That's what I think but about in Much like James in town, he has but got all the tools. Good. Yeah, it's going to be good. When he's out there, he's going to be good. They don't have a workhorse. Burroughs could be that. Priester could be that. One of those two have to work out. Or they're going to have to spend money on pitching. And that's not happening.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Priester is the one who's probably most likely to become like that prototypical workhorse starting pitcher who can throw a lot of innings just based off of his build and, and just kind of the way he looks. But again, you need him to become a top of the rotation guy. And so it's just a matter of time at this point. Can he develop and and become that Um, Mike Burrows, the stuff is, is, is incredible you 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 kind of look at him and you hope that that's that's what he can be. But again, the changeup still isn't ex- like if you want him to be a top rotation starter, he, the changeup needs to be very good. You need to have a good third pitch. You're not going to be a num- you're not going to be an ace with two pitches. It's just just you're not going to. Um so like the changeup needs to develop if he's going to be that number 1 or number 2. If not, he's a back-of-the-rotation guy, or he's just, you know, a shutdown freak reliever,
1: right? I don't know if I'd agree with that. I think we see a lot more two-pitch guys. As long as they're fastball curveballs. Not aces. Eh. Yeah, I I guess, like... (laughs) All right, so... (laughs) I mean, yeah, but... Like, even Garrett Cole, I mean, I guess he had a curveball. (laughs) Garrett Cole throws like
2: like six pitches.
1: Like, two are good.
2: But they're all good enough to throw. Yeah, Yeah, he's mostly fastball slider. Like, that's 70% of his arsenal. But he still has another 30% that he throws. Curveball. Curveballs. Changeup. Cutter.
1: Throwing a cutter this year. Can Brownsie be an ace? Everyone one of the Yankees is going to cover this year. Yeah. No, Jim. Can Rosi be an ace?
2: I think he can.
1: No, I, I wouldn't put up. him there right now. Yeah, where's his changeup? He has he it. it.
2: Just he can't look at it. He, he don't, right don't right have now. one. <laughs> but like he has it. Like I said, in order for him to become an ace, he needs to be able to the, the changeup
1: needs to develop into a pitch. I, I think, think you. Can, can I really do think you can get away with fastball curveball. You can't really deal fastball slider because same speed. I think you can deal with fastball curveball. You need to change it. Not really. Yeah, you do. Not really. Okay. I mean, I guess like you got to be able to throw it, but it doesn't have to be good. You, you have good to enough,
2: have to, and it has to be major league caliber.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't think you do. A Jim Burnett. That guy did not throw a change up in his life.
0: He had a really good shift behind him.
1: <laughs> I also don't know if I call Jobern an ace.
0: I wouldn't. He's a good number. he would be a good number 2? Number 3 on. Really good teams. I'm
1: just I'm just saying.
2: But he also threw more than two pitches. A.J. Burnett did throw a changeup. He threw he a
1: four-seamer, a, a four two-seamer, two and a curveball.
2: And he threw a changeup 9% of the time.
1: Well, that was probably I mean, just when his arm would go he out. He,
2: he usually never <coughs> threw a changeup in his life. Yeah,
1: because his arm would go out, and they'd probably <laughs> register as a changeup. Or he threw a lighter two-seamer. And he just registered as a changeup.
2: He threw a changeup his entire career. Not good. All
1: right, all right.
0: So let's move past this. So, <laughs> um, the last big topic I guess we have is this. Real quick, because we've okay. his,
2: his name's been brought up a oh. couple times. Yohore, if we're talking about future, for me personally, I I don't think Yahore is a capable starting pitcher in the major leagues, unless the command is just pinpoint perfect. The stuff's not good enough,
0: except his curveball. Curveball's really good.
1: Curveball's terrific. You could velo's just throw curveball. No,
0: you can do that. You can be a one-pitch guy if you got a really good curveball. As we found out, though, <laughs> <I think curveball. laughs> forty-seven in a row.
1: I really did like Yahuri. The velo's just not there. Mm-mm. Curveball's great. Command's terrible. Injuries are not good. I don't. I don't even know if I see him as a bullpen guy.
2: Yeah, like, I, I I think he's just basically depth.
1: Yeah. Honestly, he's a guy that probably could be DFA'd soon, like, next I'm, year. I'm too. just down on him.
0: I, I really don't have any thoughts on him. Like, I'm not really looking and penciling him in anything for the future. He's just here today in my <laughs> eyes. Yep. Like, that very first start he had last year, t- I mean, Ty like, I'm mean, t- like, You want to talk about a guy looking the part? As we mentioned, like how Swinsky looked the part at first, but the results weren't there. Like, he looked the part, but
1: he did not play the part. (laughs) The velocity's too bad. Command's too bad. Right. I feel bad. I think he did have some arm issues last year that probably should have been a red flag in that trade. But he's he's just kind of guy now.
0: Yeah. Um, and speaking about this, as we talk about him, and yes, the draft is coming up this week, obviously, uh, we will have, of course, a draft show this Sunday. Uh, we'll be definitely talking about the draft then. I guess it's not as intriguing because, uh, maybe it's just my viewpoint, but I don't think it's as intriguing because obviously they don't have the number one pick. Uh, so they don't have their choice. It's not like, okay, here's, which one are we going to get? And every week it changes. There's also not Kumar Rocker at the top of the list who we I thought were getting for a year, and then that changed. And some random guy from Louisville, those stupid people that's in it. So uh yeah, so we'll definitely be talking about the draft this Sunday. Real quick though, Stay I mean it seems
2: like if we're talking about the draft, it's probably between four guys, realistically. <laughs> right? Well, Thanks shocking. And, and I mean, if, if you kind of look at everywhere, like there, there's, uh, there's a clear top seven that are going to go like one, three, seven, it seems like. And then it's just a matter of like, who's getting taken for second, third, and then who are we going to pick? Right. I mean, Drew Jones seems to be the clear cut favorite best player in this draft. Now, does that mean they to pick first overall? I don't know. Um, like i don't know if the if they're gonna go college bat route like they have the last two years they are gonna go with a bat that's already known there are no pitchers that are worthy of a top four pick in this draft um but we are seeing a lot of projections for termar johnson who's a high school shortstop likely going to be a second baseman um that's, That's the guy, guy I, want. I want. So a so, uh, 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 short second, like a five foot eight second baseman is Tyler. that bat is so good. Um, Elijah Green has a pretty solid chance, I think, of being there too. So if you're looking, do not
1: trust this team to athlete, develop him.
2: Elijah Green is probably going to be there, um, and then Cam Collier is probably going to be there too. So Brooks Lee. Also another possibility. So it's just a matter of who they're going to go with. We're seeing a lot of connections to Cam Collier. We're seeing a lot of connections to to Tamar Johnson. So I feel like those two are probably the favorite right now. I think we can um, scratch Kevin Parada off the list. I don't think they go catcher, catcher in back-to-back years. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I, I think you can pretty much narrow it down to Collier, Johnson, Lee and green. It's going to be one of those four.
0: Well, I just find, I mean, it's very intriguing, Jim, you know, you've done your homework, the pirates pick fourth and it's down to four players. So that's good job. (laughs) (laughs) Analysis, but yeah, so we'll definitely be talking about the draft this Sunday. So we'll have all the information out there, but watch tune in. We'll, we'll talk. Hopefully it would be a good reaction again. But, uh, so yeah, so to cap off the show, like you mentioned, we'll talk about this bullpen because apparently this is causing the Civil War of Pirates Twitter this week. Is it good? Is it bad? Are those just meaningless words and we have factual information to provide and determine what they are? Uh, so, so I guess let's let's just discuss because clearly the bullpen was terrible, right? This there's a lot of bad players in this bullpen. Now we've talked about the beginning of the year, you know, it really saved it is Bednar crow, and Dylan Peters, and then Ronesy when he was in it. Right. It was like those four guys are just saving this bullpen. They're getting all the wins when needed. Ronesy gets sent down. Dylan Peters gets injured. Now, mind you, yes, the hemorrhage of the world are gone, right? The. God, I already forgot his name with the glasses. It's gone in Toronto right now. Showing them how terrible. What was the name? Bonda. Bonda. Yeah. Even though he added a two seamer as well. I mean, he's that his problem is everyone hits him. So he doesn't need to give up, you know, more contact. (laughs) So uh, yeah, like those people are gone. So I guess today, where this bullpen stands, the players that are in the bullpen today, is this bullpen good? Is it just okay? Is it bad? Where do we stand on this bullpen and why?
1: Jim had a lot of thoughts on this, so I'll just let him go. Um, it's bad, you guys.
2: I would I will accept below average, like as a as a descriptive adjective to to, uh, to describe them. But no, it's bad. Um they have going into today, just to kind of throw out a few numbers. There's, there's 87 relief pitchers in baseball with an ERA of three or below. Three or below. There's 87. 87. Pirates have one out of those 87. Right. I don't know about you guys, but that's bad. That's not good. On average, there's 30 teams. You should have three of them on average. The Pirates have one um those are relief pitchers who have thrown at least 20 innings by the way um they're just not good no they're not good I mean they're they're better than they were like they're better than they were when they had Anthony Bonda they're better than they were when they had Heath Hembree as like the eighth inning guy right they're better than they were especially but but they're not good like they're not good they're not even average like I said, I'll take below average if you want to say that. But for the most part, they're bad.
1: Correct. They improved. That's really all I got to say. Like, they had to improve. They were bad. I mean, this is a and bad thing. It's, it's not a weird old.
2: thing to say that the bullpen's bad. The team's bad. The bullpen's bad. Seems, what, 14 games under 500? Teams with good bullpens aren't 14 games under 500.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not a good bullpen. Like, they have a bunch of humans that you can't trust. Like, their numbers might be okay, but there's on, on no planet will you trust them to go in the eighth inning in a high-leverage situation. None of them. Other than David Bednar and maybe an early-season Will Crow. The rest of them stink. So I guess like where I stand too. you think about the bullpen. It
0: it is. It's it's not a good bullpen. And I'm sorry if you feel that way. You can be encouraged. So let's go back to we talk about encouraged, right? Like I've been encouraged by saying JT Brubaker. I want to see more, see more. You get some sample size. You can be encouraged by some things. We know David Bednar is good. I mean, he is originally an all-star. Now, has he been that good recently? No, but it's probably because he's been worn down because the bullpen's been bad. So, like, think about that. There's a reason why Bednar has to go out for three innings. Crow has to go out for two. Like, Like, all these guys have to be used in this way. It's because, to Tyler's point, you can't trust others. I'm encouraged by things. The bullpen has improved. David Bednar is good. Will Crow is good. After that, who do you trust, right? We talk about Gary De Los Santos getting more innings. That'd be good for him. Let's see that, right? And he's done. he's done pretty well most of the time. You know, at this point in time, he has a 2.65 ERA, but it's been 17 innings. Like, this is way too short of a sample size for me to say, you are good. I'm encouraged. I like what I see. I know it's still a small sample altogether, but like the four eleven fit doesn't totally match that ERA either. You know, I mean, he does give up a lot of home runs per se, one point six per nine. You know, so like there are some outside factors that say I still want to see more. Am I encouraged by De Los Santos? Yes. Am I anointing him good? No. Dylan Peters, he has done the job, but we see he's human as well. Here's the thing about Peters. You can't walk six batters per nine and not be some like amazing strikeout guy. Like Kyle Crick could get away with that because he was devastating. Like he was allowing six, you know, batters per, per nine get on base because they're all walking. He was allowing any hits, but that's this not slider Dylan moved Peters. like
2: eighty inches.
0: <laughs> it was it, it was ridiculous, sure right? Until like people just realized, like, well, just don't swing and he turned bad, you know, but like Dylan Peters can't get away with that. So even though Dylan Peters, ERA lines up at a 3.26 right now, I don't know if I truly trust Dylan Peters and don't tell me about Tyler Beattie. I mean, the guy's been terrible his whole career. And I get again talking. Okay. He's got a 2.92 ERA this time. Like, yes, what he's done with the pirates, the numbers, he has been productive for the pirates, but do you trust Tyler Beatty? Well, oh, that no. does. <laughs> okay. The Clay Homes makes no sense. But yes, Tyler Beatty does not strike out, guys. He walks a little more again for the same reasons. He's got a 95% strand rate. That is not going to hold up. He's got a baby up against him for a bad uh, oh he's not that he's not oh peter's is really bad 178 which we know like no one got hits off him like that's gonna normalize too but yeah like tyler be the same thing like i don't trust what he's doing so no i don't look at tyler be and say you are good i say tyler Beatty you have gotten us results thank you but i guarantee you come october this year you're not looking at tyler Beatty at 2.92 era So, outside of Crow, outside of Bednar, who do you trust to say this is good? Jim, bring up your tweet.
1: What was that good bullpen? Mark Valanson, Tony Watson, Archimedes (laughs) comedies, Camonero, Antonio uh, Bastardo, and Jared Hughes.
2: And... And- Joe Blanton and Rob Scahill and Joaquin Soria. Joe Blanton
1: had a really yeah. good year that year.
2: Yeah. and Worley was really... I mean, yeah, that bullpen was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And like we're, when we're talking about Bastardo, he was coming in like the sixth when, started in, when Jeff Locke got in trouble. Bastardo <laughs> at this tough. point would be an eighth or ninth inning guy. That's how bad they are.
2: Bestardo might be the closer.
1: That's why I said eight, ninth, and okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jim, for reaffirming me. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, well, we're, talking about,
2: we're talking about Bednar, right? And we're like how like Bednar is like by far the guy that we trust the most, right? If we're comparing bullpens here and we're thinking, okay. 2013, 14, 15, Pirates had outstanding bullpens, right? How many pitchers on those teams were better than David Bednar? (laughs) Like, statistically speaking, right? I'm not talking about, like, stuff-wise, but if you're looking at just, like, top-to-bottom numbers, Melanson, Watson, Hughes, Bastardo, Blanton, Scahill, Soria, all better numbers than Bednar. That's a good bullpen.
0: Let me – Let me throw something a little bit different at you.
2: Like the Bednar's taken the fall these last few days, um, and I get it. Like, and and Bednar's good, right? I'm not. I'm not trying to bash David Bednar here, but you need, like, you need multiple David Bednars if you want to be a good bullpen. Like the Brewers are a good bullpen because they can throw out. Multiple guys back to back to back who, ha- when you have a lead that you just trust, are going to shut things
1: down. The Pirates don't have that. In 2015, David Bednar's maybe a seventh, eighth inning guy. And whenever Tony Watson and Mark Melanson struggle, we're arguing on Twitter about Bednar being a closer. Right now, we're arguing about whether David Bednar should go two innings because they have so let me to let, cover let me just.
0: Let me throw this out. Let me just say it in this way, because Jimmy, you're on a good point, but I think you could like, you can argue. Do you want Bednar or Melanz? I think there's an argument in that, right? So let's just say this: take Bednar out. Who's He's number Melan- two? Like Will Pete Crow. Melan- I'm. I'm just. Just. Just make. I think make this simpler, okay? Because people, <laughs> young Twitter will argue with you. So put it this yeah, way: just, way it. It. just, just give <laughs> this team Bednar. So start at Will Crow. That's your second best. So, how many on that roster will be over Will Crow? So, you're taking Will Crow, who you can argue about Bednar. He's elite. So, let's get with Will Crow. He's the Will second Crow's
1: in the Genmar Gomez category at that point.
0: That's where I'm getting at. Like, let's make this even easier and simpler. We don't even argue about that much. If he's your will number, number two, team. where does he stack up against those guys? And it's it's clear as day where he ranks. So, I think that's where we're trying to get at. Will to Crow be fair, Will, they did mention.
1: Ma- like, they did. Time's down, no question. So, they did mention Will Crow is on pace to throw like 90 innings this year. Yeah. That's stupid.
0: Here's my second point with all you guys if you're done with all of that.
1: No. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: Okay. No, that's so what I was going to say. For this team to even be in the argument of being a good bullpen, they've had to use their top two relievers, David Bednar and Will Crow, to get those numbers. They're number two and six among all relievers in innings pitched. So to even be where they stand, it's because they've had to use their two best in all these multiple innings to even even have this conversation. Again, we're alluding to. Why? Because you can't trust anybody outside of those two. We're literally all arguing the same thing. I know. No, no, I know we are because <laughs> we're all on the same page. That's why we're here to. We're letting people understand if they're right or wrong. If you're on our side, then you are right. And if you're against us, well, you're wrong. And here's why. <laughs> and I get it. It's just. I mean, when I mean, we're talking about,
2: we've seen good bullpens, right? Like we've we've seen them that those those no, those playoff awesome. teams had outstanding bullpens, and it was a yes. big reason to the success of the teams. And so it's just one of those things where like when you experience those bullpens that are good bullpens, and then you're looking at this bullpen, you can't call this bullpen a good bullpen because we know what a good bullpen looks like. If your Twitter bio says you know like class of 2024 in it. <laughs> You may not remember just how good those teams were. That, and it's not it's, – I'm not picking on anybody. It's just you were like 12 or 11 when that happened. You just don't realize just how damn good those guys were. Like, that was – that's a good – that's what a good bullpen looks like. This bullpen, again, it's better than it was. Like, they trimmed off a lot of the fat. They dumped Hembry, They dumped Anthony Bonda. They, you know, Sam Howard was terrible. So they like they dumped all those guys, and it is a better bullpen now than it was a month ago, but it's still not good. <laughs> like it's still not a good bullpen. Um, so that's that's all.
1: I just that's all. Jim, just too many people haven't lived through the dark days of Pirates Twitter. People didn't. <laughs> and that's they're fine, not so- but-
2: And that's fine. Like it's fine. They they don't have to, but
1: like, yeah, but I don't need to hear them in my ear about positivity and shit. (laughs) This team has sucked my whole life. I've been on Twitter for like 15 years now. I've been through it all. I know. I know what it's like jumping on here when Neil Huntington got hired and we were all fired up because he was getting these prospects.
0: I, I know want to how stop it you. Feels. I just want to stop you because before you get to the other subset of Twitter, don't tell you to live through it all because that subset will also tell you you didn't oh, live yeah, through it I all. Know. Because <laughs> so
1: no, that <laughs> subset bread. can go past all, yeah. Because I have lived <laughs> through it all, I was born the year that they started losing,
0: so you didn't get through I it don't all, wanna- young buck.
1: I was born in 1993, the year that the streak started. I didn't get to watch so, the '79 World really, Series. Is all
0: your fault. You're such a I didn't get. I didn't world. get to
1: watch Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds left. You should wake up every day bored. miserable. I should. That's why I do. <laughs> all right,
0: guys, we're
1: we're and roughing we on an, an hour like, and a half. Yeah, I know, but now we just got like. 18 year olds that are telling us to be positive, and
0: that's stop. what I want to get at. Like, like, here's the thing. Like, I'm I'm all for being positive. I mean happy I get that mindset know, too, and I have it. Like, why choose to be miserable? We can should be happy. So you can be encouraged. Like, I am encouraged too. This bullpen, it's gotten better. I want to see some stuff, but do not draw a line in the sand and say this is good because it's not. It's not I, I can identify it's it's not good, but you know what? I still am positive and I'm still having fun. But this this bullpen isn't good. But that's okay. For today, it better get good (laughs) because the positive will end because this team needs to get good. And again, that's part of this problem is it has to get better. You have to get additions. The bullpen is such an easy way of making a team better. Go back to those teams about like the pirates when they were good. There was a formula, the bullpen was it. Like there was a reason this team won a lot of games, is because that bullpen was so damn good. And for the pirates, it's so damn easy to build and creates such a cheap product and the bullpen to help you succeed right the royals same thing so it's like it's so easy i am not gonna say easy but it's so cheap to do it but this bullpen ain't it and i'm sorry it could be let me see more of date you know de los santos and such and find out what he is but i'm not claiming him to be good because he's pitched 17 innings in the major leagues i mean i don't care how old you are don't be that naive you've seen enough Especially in this little bit of a rebuild from the Pirates. 17 innings, you're going to claim someone to be something? <laughs> no, don't do it. I promise you, you will look stupid. I've looked stupid, and it's been longer than 17 innings worth of information.
1: <laughs> I remember Mason Mike Williams. Mike Williams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was,
0: he was an all star, like with a six something ERA. <laughs> <on here. laughs> it sucked. Like, like at least Benar is not the token all star because of that. Like, at least Bednar is proving himself to be good. Hey, <laughs> so, we don't we have an Evan to Meek that. token yeah,
2: all star.
1: Yeah. He had a good year. They had Andrew McCutcheon on the team. Right.
0: But Evan Meek had that one good year.
1: They had Andrew McCutcheon on the team. It's okay. But, but back, just very, very quickly back to the. Bullpen stuff, we'll discuss that, I'm sure, after the trade deadline and our Ben Sherrington podcast. That I am going to push us to have. Sounds good. Cheers on that one!
2: (laughs) Yeah, can't wait for all right, the deadline, the deadline, uh, podcast. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so any any last words before we get out of here? I'm excited for a draft.
1: I am too. I am too. Yep. That's all I'm excited for. All right. For. Two
2: first round picks this year too. Yeah. Give me DeMar Johnson. All right. Bust. Well, I don't think it's too. I don't think it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Johnson or bust. Well, we'll wrap it up. Appreciate
0: everyone for watching. So once again, if you are still here, go ahead. If you haven't like the video, subscribe, turn on notifications, do all that good stuff. We'll be here Sunday for the draft. Hopefully it's a positive show. We can come out happy. Like we were last year, and get some good vibes going. So until then, we'll see you later. Bye.
1: Bye. Peace for scouts. See you guys. Hey you guys. Thank <laughs>